The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the All Rookie Podcast. Today is September 30th, and I'm your host, William Harris, a.k.a. William is Bill. Today's show, I will be talking about what this show is all about, the essence of this podcast, the all-rookie teams. That's right. Every year, the NBA awards an all-rookie first team and second team. On today's show, I will go over who I think will make these coveted teams. And, you know, it's never easy or cut and dry. You would think it would probably be picks one through 10, right? Because there are 10 picks, 10 players selected. The top 10 will make it. And that's it. Or maybe even just one through 14, you have 10 players in that lottery range because those are the lottery picks. Those are the highly coveted picks and the guys that everyone talks about the most. But no, there are always players that come out of nowhere and make these teams. And there are usually some second rounders in there. And occasionally, Undrafted guys are in the mix as well. So let's <clears throat> so let's get straight to it like it's nothing to it. I'll start with going over last year's class to give you an idea of how that all panned out. On the all-rookie first, te- first team last year, we had LaMelo Ball, who was drafted third, Sadiq Bey, who was drafted 19th, Anthony Edwards, who was drafted first, Tyrese Halliburton, who was drafted 12th, and Jason Tate, who was undrafted. So that's on the first team we had an undrafted guy. So that's very rare. On the second team, we had Desmond Bain, who was drafted 30th. That's the last pick in the first round. Isaac Okoro, who was drafted 6th. Emmanuel Quickly, drafted 25th. And a lot of people thought that was shocking that he was selected that high. Uh, Clearly, they were wrong. (laughs) Isaiah Stewart was 16th, and Patrick Williams was fourth. So there were no second rounders, although Kenyon Martin Jr. had a great rookie season. If there was an 11th man, he probably would have been that. He was right on the cusp of making it. He had a great season, and he was drafted 52nd. So, you know, he almost wasn't drafted, and he still was a top 15 rookie last year. Um, And like I said, we had an undrafted player. And Jason Tate, which is rare. And we had Emmanuel Quickly, who was 25th, and Desmond Bain, who was 30th, make those second teams. So, you know, it's very important to make these teams. There's a lot of guys that are written off, like I said, Emmanuel Quickly. And uh, Desmond Bain is just another example of Memphis Grizzlies drafting great. And, you know, they had a lot of question marks on their draft this season. But they their track record is pretty good. So you just have to watch that play out with Zaire Williams who, and Santi Aldama. But we'll get to that in a little bit. But that's just an overall view of the all-rookie teams. You're going to have 10 players. And it's mainly going to be about talent, but also the ability to get minutes. Because you're going to notice there were some guys that were in that first round last year that were better, obviously, than, I mean, Jason Tate wasn't drafted. Um, Desmond Bain went 30th. There are plenty of guys 
in that top in that lottery selection that could be considered better than some of these guys that made this team. But it was about talent and opportunity and fit with their team. <clears throat> so for this year's class, I figured I had to do an all rookie podcast for the all rookie podcast. <laughs> and so for this year's first team, I have to say my predictions are now <laughs> my first team is going to seem a little bit, you know, boring, <laughs> but I got one surprise in there for you guys. So Kate Cunningham, I have him in there. I, it would be a little outrageous if I did not have him in there. Sorry. You know, I want to, <laughs> you know, be crazy and outlandish, but I had to have Kate Cunningham in there. He's going to be, I mean, in the running for rookie of the year, him and Jalen Green, because they're going to have those teams, Detroit Pistons and the Houston Rockets. They're going to be their team. Um, they're going to be in charge. They're going to have every opportunity to score, to assist, to fail, <laughs> to steal. They're going to get all the minutes they can handle. And, you know, with those minutes, they also have that talent. Kay Cunningham is a generational type of player. Um, you know, he's on the level if he reaches his potential of Jason Tatum. So whenever you have that type of talent with that type of minutes, he's going to make the all-rookie team. Uh, and like I mentioned with Jalen Green, same type of situation. He's a scoring machine, and he's on a team where he's going to be probably the first or second option to score, give or take Christian Wood. Um but Jalen Green is the future of this team. So it's going to be his team, if not from day one, shortly thereafter. And, I mean, that just goes without saying. If you're looking for a shooting guard to score, I mean, he, he'll, he'll, he'll probably be the highest scoring rookie of all of these guys. There's probably no doubt about that. Um, and third, so they'll have the first pick, second pick. Might as well go to the third pick, Evan Mobley. I don't feel super confident about Evan Mobley. Because they brought in Laurie Markkinen, a lot of people write Laurie Markkinen off, say he's not important. You know, they also still do have Kevin Love as well. But I think in the end, Evan Mobley will be uh, the guy. A lot of people saying he's still going to start. Um, he's going to be allowed to have up and ups and downs for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And he's just going to get enough minutes to make this team. I don't think he at if he was in a different situation, it wouldn't be crazy to me if he didn't make this team. I didn't really want to put him on this first team. It's just he's going to he's gonna be on it, in my opinion. Even though I think he's still a little raw, he's going to be able to put up those stats for this Cleveland Cavaliers team to make the first team, in my opinion. But if there was anyone that didn't make it from this top five draft selection, I would not be surprised if it wasn't Evan Mobley. But he's in a great spot to make the team. Now, I also have Jalen Suggs, who was selected fifth overall. Now, I had him as my second best player in the draft. Everyone knows that, <laughs> unless this is your first time listening to the pod. Um, but he is going to be more than likely the starting point guard for the Orlando Magic. Whenever you're in a situation like that, you're going to succeed. Um you know, they had a lot of point guards to where the point where Jalen Suggs was falling in the draft. And then they were like, will the Magic take him? Because they don't need a point guard. 
So for him to beat out the other point guards pretty much already before preseason has even started, that goes to show you he's going to have a lot of opportunity and minutes to be on this first team. And depending on how it goes, I mean, he could be in the running for rookie of the year. Um, you just hope the Magic will make a little bit of a trade because they do have a log jam at point guard. And for my final selection on my all-rookie first team, I have – are you ready? <laughs> no, I have Trey Murphy, the 6'8 forward from Virginia. He was a 17th pick overall. He's going to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, he in college he was kind of limited to the team. You know he played at Virginia. They're not really creative offensively, so his tape would make you think, oh, he's probably you know a late first, maybe a second round pick. But when he got to the Pelicans and played for them on summer league team, he showed everything that he could do and that Virginia would not allow him to do. <laughs> And that showed why the Pelicans were so smart to take him 17th. His talent is top 10, no doubt about it. That didn't really show in college, but that showed from day one in the summer league. You know, he has that prototypical size uh, and he's a great three-point shooter. And that's really what the Pelicans need. So Trey Murphy's going to fit right in with that. And hearing that Zion Williamson had uh, foot surgery during the offseason, that's not a good thing. Zion is always, you know, banged up. So if he happens to miss some time, that's just more opportunity and minutes for Trey Murphy to get in there and be even better, dominate even more, and, you know, show the team what he really has. If he's anything close to what he did in the summer league, that goes to show you why I have him in the first team. Uh, and, you know, if you admit, you'll notice I had pick one, two, three, and five. And then skip to 17. Did not have pick number four in there, Scotty Barnes. I love Scotty Barnes, but I'll get to uh, I'll explain that later why I do not have him on my first team. Spoiler alert, not on my second team either. Sorry, Scotty, I love you. <laughs> For my all rookie second team, I have Chris Duarte, who was drafted 14th, Alperin Sengun, who was selected 16th. Bones Highland, 26th pick in the draft. Cam Thomas, 27th pick in the draft. And Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who was a second-round pick, the 32nd pick in the draft. So Chris Duarte has, first of all, he was incredible in college. He was incredible in the summer league. And, you you know, he's drafted to the Indiana Pacers. You're going to think he's going to have a really rough path to get minutes. Uh, They're a playoff team. They have talent at his position, you know, not just one, like two and three guys ahead of him. So it's going to be tough. But since then, we have heard TJ Warren is having a setback with his recovery. So he may be limited early in the season or miss a little bit of the beginning of the season. That opens one door. Um, Edmund Sumner out for the season. He was a backup shooting guard that showed some signs last year that he could be a contributor and nice role player. He's out. And now we recently heard the news that Karis Levert uh, is having back issues. He has some type of a back ailment, but they think it's minor and he'll be okay. But whenever you have something wrong with your back, it's not a good thing for a basketball player. Just ask Tracy McGrady. 
And that, you know, Karis Levert's had a slew of injuries lately. And you just know that's something to be worried about, even if he plays from day one. And so if you're the Pacers, you have a prize player like that. You're not going to want to run him out there 40 plus minutes a game, even 35 minutes per game. Probably you're going to want to rest him, take it easy on him, because if, if healthy, he's your future. So with all that being said, that elevates Chris Duarte, their lottery pick into the lineup sooner than most people would have thought. And, you know, he is 24 years old. He's not 18 or 19. So he is ready to play from day one. His game is fully developed. He's one of the best players in this draft. Um, So he's in a great spot now with all that being said. So, I mean, it's very likely that he can make the first team. You know, him and Trey Murphy will probably be battling out for that first team. It might be a 5A and 5B, really. But Chris Duarte has a great path to make this all-rookie team. Next, I have Alperin Sengun. Like I've said earlier, um, he was selected 16 to the Rockets. He is only behind Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice is a great veteran role player, center. He's going to do everything you want him to do. Uh, He does everything well, nothing really great, but he's a smart player. And he's really not a guy for a losing team, though. So he would be better used in a playoff team, on a playoff team. But as of now, Dan Tice is going to start over Sengun. That's the word. But I do not see that lasting throughout the season. Alperin Sengun had a tremendous summer league, tremendous, you know, off uh, when he was he came from overseas. Uh, he had a tremendous run up to the draft and tremendous summer league. He bought out. He played better than uh, Evan Mobley in summer league. So I think when he gets his opportunity, he will never look back. And he easily could be on the first team as well. I had him as my seventh best player in this draft. So it's just a matter of the minutes and the team. You know, I think with the Cavs, with Evan Mobley being third pick overall, they're going to force him to have as many minutes as he can handle. And it seems like with the Rockets, they're content with Alperin Sengun learning a little bit from Daniel Tice and then taking the wheel later on. So we shall see about that, but I definitely think Sengun makes the second team. Then we go over Bones Highland. You know, he's a sharpshooter point guard um, from VCU. Uh, he's a great uh, shooter. Like I said, 40% from three. Played incredible in the summer league as well. Came in late. Showed out the first game. <laughs> you know, he came fresh off the plane uh, and played incredible. Averaged around 20 points per game in Summer League. On the actual Denver Nuggets, he does not have to worry about Jamal Murray. Probably for the whole season. If not the whole season, most of it. So with Jamal Murray out, that leaves the door open for Bones to have a great rookie season. Uh, if Jamal Murray was there, Bones Hollow would not make my list because I think they his minutes would be limited and they're a great team. So you don't really want to be experimenting with a rookie. But with Jamal Murray out, they're going to need Bones and they're going to use the regular season to get him in there, get him accustomed to speed of the NBA. And it's possible he can just pick up where Jamal Murray left off. Obviously, he won't be as good, but he can help fill a role for 20 or 25 minutes here or there 
that won't be such a drop off from Jamal Murray. So I had to throw bones in there. Next, I have Cam Thomas. I mean, I just have to put him in. He was a co-MVP of the Summer League. When it comes to scoring, there's no one better in this class. Maybe Jalen Green, but uh, they're neck and neck right there. His talent is just too incredible to leave him off of this first or second team. His path to minutes is really hard. He's behind Kyrie Irving. He's behind behind Patty Mills. And so it's going to be tough. But we know with Kyrie Irving, he misses a lot of games. We know with Patty Mills, he's an older veteran that will not be forced into heavy minutes. So if there's a lot of blowout situations, Cam Thomas will be in the game. If Kyrie Irving takes a hiatus, gets hurt, Cam Thomas will be in the game. And I just think that scoring, and he's on a big stage in Brooklyn, is going to shine through. And, you know, it's just kind of no denying Cam Thomas because that talent is so good. If he was on any other team where he had a starting role or competing for a starting role, I mean, it's safe to say he would be on the first team. So, and my final player, player you may not have heard of, (laughs) if you're not deep into draft talk, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. His elected 32nd, uh, received a four-year guaranteed contract, which a lot of second-year Second-round players only get three years or two years or two ways. He got the full four years. Um, They love him. He has an opportunity for big minutes with OKC. His probably his only competition is going to be Isaiah Roby. Uh, And, you know, OKC is a team not really looking to win basketball games. (laughs) So they are out there experimenting, seeing if they can find a gym. Uh, if you want to compare Jeremiah Robinson Earl to someone, not exactly this type, but Draymond Green like. And, you know, I don't mean by a point guard bringing the ball up and passing all crazy. Da, da, da. I mean, he is a old school big man. He can shoot, play great defense. He's not flashy at all. He's a guy that went late in the draft. Draymond went, I believe, 35th. And he, you know, is versatile, can do it all was able to go to Golden State and develop and turn into what he is now. Jeremiah Robinson Earl can be that same type of player, safe player, super versatile, old school, not flashy. But in college, he averaged 16 points, eight and a half boards, you know, and that was at Villanova. He was a Big East player of the year. He has that talent. He just reminds me of Draymond a little bit, but we'll have to see how he fits on OKC. And if they play around with those minutes or not, you just don't know. Uh, but, you know, every year there's someone that comes out of nowhere. And if anyone on OKC, Houston, uh, Orlando, they have a great shot to make this first or second team because they want to play the young guys. Now, if you're on the Lakers, the Nets, you know, the Bucks, it's harder. It's possible, but it's harder because – They pretty much want veterans in there and not young guys making rookie mistakes. So we shall see what happens. So, I mean, I'm a little worried about Cam Thomas and Jeremiah Robinson Earl, but those are my, you know, sneaky picks that I had to put in there because I just could not deny them. I'm telling you, it was super, super, super hard to keep Jonathan Kaminga and Scotty Barnes off this list because I love their potential. They are still raw. 
very talented, but raw. And their teams this year, I feel, will need them to play a specific role instead of doing any and everything they want to do on the court. Like some of these guys will have that opportunity to do so. They won't necessarily because I think their teams are going to be more focused on winning than developing, even though later in the year that could happen for the Raptors. Early in the year with Pascal Siakam out, Scotty Barnes should get more of a look. But, you know, I don't know if he's going to flourish right away. I would love to see it, but it's really crowded with the Raptors. And I just don't know what direction they're going to go in. So I would bet on Scotty Barnes' second year over his first. It was great to hear Steve Kerr talk, Steve Kerr talk recently about Jonathan Kaminga playing, playing some power forward, and he thinks that will fit, suit him best. That will help Jonathan Kaminga compete for a first or second all-rookie team because that small forward position is stacked with Golden State. I know there's a lot of talk about Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I don't think he's going to really miss any games or anything. So, you know, a lot of people do. But if he's there, it's stacked at small forward. So the lim- the minutes were very limited. Um, but if he's playing some power forward, he'll play some three and four. That can move him up into the conversation. And he played really well in summer league. But the Warriors, like I said, it's just a tough spot to for a rookie to shine. You know, we saw that last year. Um, with that big man they drafted that, you know, struggled. Uh-huh. Also, you know, people that I think have a good shot at it because of the minutes they will be getting are Josh Giddy and Franz Wagner. Um, they are Josh Giddy, which is selected six, Franz Wagner eighth, Josh Giddy, another one of those OKC players who will have an open door to minutes. And when you're drafted six in a deep draft, uh, highly talented draft. Uh, they're not going to want to look like fools, <laughs> even though they kind of did at draft day, but they're not going to want to draft someone that high when they had all these picks. They could have made trades. They could have done this, could have done that. They selected on Josh Giddy, who I feel was a big reach, but to avoid looking stupid, they're going to give him all the minutes he can handle. And hopefully, there will be a lot more minutes than what he had in summer league because he played one game, basically had one drive and got hurt. So he's definitely going to have to toughen up. I mean, it was a fluke injury, but you know, he, he does look like a kid out there when he was playing internationally. So he's kind of skinny, but he will have a path to minutes. I just don't think his talent will allow him to get in this top 10 because I think he still needs a lot of development. Now for Franz Wagner, Similar type of situation on the Magic. They have a lot of power forwards and centers. So it's kind of tricky. We'll have to see if Jonathan Isaac is fully back. That will hurt Franz Wagner's cause. Um, but he, like I said, he was the eighth pick. There was a lot of talented players, a lot more talented players than Franz Wagner at eighth, uh, sitting there at the eighth selection. They went with Franz Wagner. They're going to want to give him minutes. They're not going to look like they made a mistake, even though I think Franz Wagner is basically a role player. They're going to have to they're going to have to prove why he was deserving of that eighth pick. And we shall see. Um, But I don't think that will come to fruition in this first year. Um, So, like I said, they will get every opportunity to to succeed and every opportunity to fail. And minutes are very important in making these teams. 
Some other long shots that I have uh, to make either of these teams are, and it was really tough, I'm telling you, so many guys I want to put on this list. It's kind of curious why there aren't a first, second, and third team, like all NBA. But I love Davion Mitchell. You know, he was the ninth pick to the Sacramento Kings. His talent, his defense, it puts him in the runnings for these teams, first or second. But he's on a stacked Sacramento team, and I just don't see how he's going to get the minutes to warrant him making a first or second team. If there's a trade, possibly. But when you have a trade, who's coming back in that trade also? So it's a little bit sketch for me, but if there was no Tyrese Halliburton per se, I would say, yes, Davion Mitchell, he's on a first or second team just because that defense alone, any offense on top of that is just a cherry on top. Because if you look back last year, Isaac Okoro, like I said, made the second team. He mainly, that wasn't for offensive reason. That was for defensive reasons. So uh, he could be this year's Isaac Okoro. He just needs that path to minutes. Next, I have Jared Butler. He was the 40th overall selection. He went to the Utah Jazz. Great player in college. He His only issue, the reason why he went 40th was his medicals in college. They were worried about his heart, uh, worried about his future in the NBA. But he has been cleared to play. He will be the backup to Mike Conley, unless they bring someone else in there. We did not get to see him in summer league because he sat out due to you know, precautionary reasons with COVID. He did not have COVID. He didn't want to go to play in summer league. So he would avoid being around COVID. So I would have loved to see him in, see him play in summer league. So you have a better feel of how he's looking and fitting with the squad, but we don't know that. So it's so much of an unknown. I have to say he's another long shot to make it. And, you know, because Utah is a team ready for a championship as well. It's not, it wouldn't be a surprise if they brought in a veteran point guard behind Mike Conley to where Jared Butler may be the third string point guard, which would make it even harder. But if he's the second string, very good chance of being in the runners for these teams. Next, I have Luca Garza, who was selected 52nd to the Pistons. Originally, he was on a two way contract that has just been eliminated. And now he's going to get a chance to make the full roster. We're going to have to see what happens in summer league. I mean, um, preseason. <laughs> but Luca Garza showed in summer league his talent for offense is definitely through the roof. And he can compete right away for, I feel, a backup job. <clears throat> uh, the Pistons have, you know, some good talent. But he can fit right in there and get minutes right away, in my opinion. But it's possible that might take a year or two because they have an old school coach. They're going to want to see defense out there and he's not really ready on the defensive end. He's ready on the offensive end though. He'll get you 15 and 10 right now against grown men, but we're going to have to see how this plays out, but he's got to keep an eye on him because he has played a lot better than just about anyone expected. Next. My final player is, now this is a super long shot, very unlikely to happen, only because of his contract. Aaron Wiggins, not Andrew Wiggins, (laughs) Aaron Wiggins was selected 55th overall. So he was almost Mr. Irrelevant. 
if he wasn't on a two-way contract, <clears throat> I feel like he would definitely have a great shot at making the second team. <clears throat> he is a great shooting guard. He's 6'6 from Maryland. In my opinion, he was <clears throat> first-round caliber. He's not much different than Quentin Grimes that went around 20 picks higher than him, 30 picks higher than him. Uh, so he shot 35% from three. He's a pro's pro. You can tell he is a pro just by watching him in college, has the full arsenal, very smooth player, naturally skilled, nice turnaround jumper, can create his own shot. <clears throat> Nothing bad about his game at all. So <clears throat> I wish he wasn't on a two-way contract. I wish he was not selected 55th, <laughs> and that would give him an easier path to minutes and production. But on this uh, OKC squad, I mean, you can't really say Darius Baisley is that much better than Aaron Wiggins right now. So that's all I'm saying. So it's, it's just a matter of him getting minutes. And if he did, he would have a shot. <clears throat> so, you know, that was a lot. <laughs> but I'm going to go over my top 10 players once again, who I feel are going to be on the first team and second team all rookie coming up for this season. First team, I have Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and Trey Murphy. Second team, I have Chris Duarte, Alperen Sengun, Bones Highland, Cam Thomas, and Jeremiah Robertson Earl. So <clears throat> we can come back and revisit this later when the season's over. We can see who I got right, who I got wrong. I'm going to say I'm going to get at least seven out of ten right. So don't at me. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll revisit this and we'll see what happens. Obviously, you can't predict injuries. So we'll have to see what happens with that. <clears throat> but And trades. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But I feel these guys have a great shot at making the all-rookie teams. And, uh, <clears throat> and that was the all-rookie podcast. So thank you all for listening. If you like the show, tell a friend to tell a friend, uh, like, rate, subscribe, <clears throat> leave a five-star rating. Truly appreciate it. Truly appreciate all you listening and following and showing me support and love. So I thank you all. Love you all. And October 3rd, preseason starts. We're almost there. I can't wait to get to it. So I'll check you out next time. Well, I'm out of here. Peace. <clears throat> My voice stays with me. Peace. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.